0: How do you go from that to, I don't know, <laughs> um, I think this is the hardest sermon I ever had to put together, uh, because I thought God was going somewhere, and that was not anywhere where he was going, and I look back at my notes, I had preached to myself for a whole month, and when you preach to yourself, as soon as you get in front of the computer, and you're done, because you know it like the back of your hand. Well, I sat down to do that, and lo and behold, I looked at my notes that the Lord gave to me, and I was like, oh my God, that's not anywhere (laughs) where I'm supposed to go. So to start from scratch, in a very short period of time, I started to panic. But it was already in me. It was already there. And so I started... Typing for hours and hours and hours. And still, that was not where the Lord wanted to go. So I sat in front of my computer this morning, panicking, freaking out, because I knew, you know, it's like this: you're not at rest, you're just, ugh. And I deleted almost all of it and kept certain pieces in scripture, and then the peace came. And I said, okay, I know where you're going. I know where you're going. So then I started panicking a little bit more in the evening time because I was like, okay, well, am I sure I know where he's going? So I'm in my room praying and asking the Lord, Lord, you got to show up. I can't do this without you. I don't know what I'm going to do. And as I'm sitting there praying, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm relying on myself. I'm relying on my own ability, and it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with Him showing up, believing that what He gave me is there, and go with it, right? So, um, the title of my sermon is called Firm Foundation, and that's what we sang all those songs for because the Lord is our foundation in everything. We can't build a house without a sturdy foundation. It won't. It, will, it just will fall, um, Just these past couple weeks, with all the weather and everything, up in Tallahassee, there was a beach house that had pillars, and it was taken off of the pillars and on its side leading onto another house. Of course, it's built on sand. It's built on the sand. Um, So, over the past, I think it's been like a month and a half, roughly, um, every Wednesday we've heard just... Amazing teachings, you guys, I mean, it just, just to see where God is at in his heart. And um, we learned about how to worship, which a lot of us may not know how to worship. And sometimes it's not just music, it's just, Lord, thank you, or Lord, I need you, or just from your heart is just worship and how to rely on God's finished work um, to keep our eyes on God in all things, no matter what we're facing. Because we all, it doesn't matter if you're saved or not, you will go through things in life. Um, Just because you're saved doesn't mean you're exempt from the things that could come. But I will tell you this, it's so much better to go through it with Him than by yourself to have it the other way before he was ever in your life, you know? I'm sorry, I just love him so much. He's so good to me. He really is. He's pulled me out of so many, so many things um, in my life that I'm not who I used to be, and I don't want to go back, and I don't want to live that life. Um, I lived before through just the way I thought, the actions I did um, just trying to be satisfied with the world itself trying to fulfill something in my life that only he can fulfill in me Um, so if you miss those teachings (laughs) on Wednesday you can go to our website um, mytcvc.com and listen to those and we're on Facebook too thank you um And you can watch the Sunday sermons there. And we have daily readings that Pastor Tom teachings that are really powerful and impactful. They're short, sweet to the point, but it hits the target. So I encourage you to get on Facebook, go to the page like it. And um, if you want to be emailed, if you're not a Facebooker, then... (laughs) Well, you know, some people aren't into the media thing. Um, You can get on our email list and receive those same exact teachings and through email. Okay. So, um, when the Lord gave me what I was supposed to teach, it was very minimal. It was only three phrases. And it was so fast, I had to write down the card. It was, he gave me walking away going the wrong way, and relying on self. So, <laughs> as a Christian, you can walk away from the Lord. Um, it doesn't matter how far you are. Hopefully, if your walk is good and you trust in Him, you won't, you won't leave because it's too good. You'll know, you know. But as a baby believer, you can, or through influences or the wrong teachings that you hear, can pull you and draw you away um, so we got to be mindful of that because the Bible talks about that um, that even the elect could be deceived so we got to make sure that we um, are watching and guarding ourselves and the best way to do that is be in the word yourself spend time with God every day yourself and then that way you'll hopefully spot those things or listen to the Holy Spirit and make decision um, to not go that path. So, if you guys have your Bibles, if you want to turn, um, we're going to go to Luke, in chapter 6. If we're going to start in verse 46. And this, these verses warn us about going our own ways and not building our foundation on God. So it says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do, not, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Well, that house is us. That house is who we are just us, whether you're a believer or non-believer. If you are a believer and you don't do what the Lord says, you're not building your house on the rock. Um, we are the dwelling place that God wants to be. That's his desire from the beginning is to dwell with us. Um, he desires to be in us and with us all the time. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 says, Know ye not? that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. So he desires that we be built on the rock, and that's him. Jesus is our Savior, and we are built upon the word of the Lord. And we have to guard our house. Everything, just like you guard your own house, and you set up your own way to protect anything from coming in, whether it's a security system, uh, cameras, locking your doors, having a dog, whatever it is, whatever your guarding thing is, you set up that in the natural, but you also have to set that up in yourself, okay, you have to, Um, so you got to take care of your house, you have to clean your house, Um, you got to keep it clean, once it's clean, you got to keep it clean. Okay, a lot of uh, my house gets dirty a lot because I have two dogs and four kids. So you can only imagine the moment you get done cleaning, it's like tornado city, and you're like, what? <laughs> it's like a never ending cleanup session. But when, if you look at it in a, in a way where you got to be careful what's coming into your house, and if you allow those things in, you can clean them out, catch them, and get them out of of, you know, your life, your thought life, your beliefs, you know, and you have to trust what the Lord says no matter what, even if it doesn't make any sense whatsoever, okay? None, you think everything's gonna fall apart, and the Lord gives you this peace. I I, I didn't, when people talked about the peace of the Lord that surpasses all understanding, I didn't know what that was, I was so full of anxiety, so full of just worry and fear and all this stuff. I didn't know what peace was except for what the world gave me as peace, and it was temporary. Um, but he did finally show me what the peace of the, um, that surpasses all understanding was, and it was the most... You, you can't even wrap your mind around it at all. It, it's... It's like you're in the middle of what of, a, of like a storm in what you think in your mind and what's going on in your life. And there's just this, it just comes and there's just a peace, and you're like, How, how, Lord, you're giving me peace, but look at it, you know? But you gotta trust that. Because it always, always, His ways are better than our ways. And There's nothing that compares to that. So if you haven't experienced that, not that I want any trials or tribulations in your life, (laughs) God will show up. And he will give you the peace that surpasses all understanding in the midst of trials, in the midst of a fear, in the midst of whatever. Um, You know, my daughter, uh, when I was pregnant with her, I had bleeding and I had pain right I mean, right after I took the pregnancy test. And, of course, you know, as a mom, as a woman, you're like, what? Of course you know where your mind goes. So I'm in and out of the hospital, just going to the hospital, because I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? And she was a promise of the Lord. And I was sitting in there, and the doctor's explaining. He's writing on the bed, because they have a sheet of paper, so he takes his pen. He's writing, as he's writing, whatever it was on the bed, I don't even remember, because the peace of God just came, that I was like, but I'm going through this, and you're giving me this peace, everything's going to be okay, and she's here, mm-hmm. praise God, <laughs> she's here, <laughs> but it was, a, um, it was a scary moment, you know, so he, he does show up, and he, there's peace that is not like the world, not like the world whatsoever. No high, no alcohol, no sex, no drugs, no lust, no man, no woman, no beautiful house, no beautiful car, no matter what great of a job you have. That does not satisfy. It will never, never satisfy. And it's not that you can't have that, but how much better if you did have it with him. You know what I mean? Because then you'll just be content and happy Um, With where you're at, Um, so walking away. We're going to start with that one first. Walking away is the first phrase. (laughs) Um, Oh, man, Lord. Okay. Okay. Maybe we aren't to start there. Hold on, just a second. Okay, again, <laughs> I'm solely relying on him. Um, walking away from the Lord when either you're a non believer or a believer, um, it can be a subtle walk away, it could be an abrupt just gone. Um, And it comes in many different forms, and it comes in different ways in your life when it does happen. Um, The words walk away together, per Google and word reference, (laughs) uh, means casually or irresponsibly withdraw from a situation in which one is involved or for which one is responsible. Um, the synonyms, the other day I said cinnamons while I was reading it out loud. I'm like, I can't say that in church. i got to really practice this one. Uh, vanish, depart, split, abandon, or leave. Um, so walking away is uh, really serious. It's a really serious thing. So the Israelites did the same thing. Okay, they, The Israelites are God's chosen people. All right, and, oops, did I move that? Can you hear me? Okay. Um, Those are God's chosen people, and he, they went into slavery, and God pulled them out. When we get saved, just like the Israelites were in bondage, and it was a very heavy load to carry, and it weighs hard on you, is when God takes you out of that, why would you want to go back? Um, But we can, even as a Christian, go back. And the Israelites experienced that because they missed the food, they missed the the way life was, okay? They're living off of manna. (laughs) And... They're thinking it's better there. And it's not. It never will ever be. Oh, Lord. Um, They wanted to pursue their own desires and their idols. And sometimes they actually worshipped God and their idols at the same time. So, in Psalm 81, if you want to turn there, we're going to go to verse 5. Kind of give you a backdrop so you understand what we're reading when we're in this psalm here about Egypt and the Israelites. So, it says... When God went out against Egypt, he established it as a statute for Joseph. I heard an unknown voice say, I removed the burden from your shoulders. Their hands were set free from the basket. In your distress you called, and I rescued you. I answered you out of a thundercloud. A thunder I tested you at the waters of Meribah. Hear me, my people, and I will warn you, if you would only listen to me, Israel. You shall have no foreign god among you. You shall not worship any god other than me. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. But my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. If my people would only listen to me, if Israel would only follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him and their punishment would last forever. But you, you would be fed with the finest of wheat, with honey from the rock I would satisfy you. This is God's heart's cry for who he created was us. He wanted and desired a relationship with us, and that's his heart cry. If you would just listen to me, if you would just, I, this is what I would do for you. He's not out to get us. Um, I had friends growing up that Thought that if they came to church, the walls would fall down or it would, you know, something along those lines that a lightning would strike or something. And it's like, man, if you only knew if you walked through those walls, if you opened your heart, what he would do. And how you'd be set free and see his true love for you. Because that's really our first and only true love. We have love here. And if we live Christ-like, we can give his love to other people, but it's not the same. He knows us in ways nobody in this world could ever know, and it's so intimate. And he still chooses us in our mess, in everything we do. He never just leaves us and say, huh, I'm done with you. You did that. Not like people here on earth would. Not like that. Um, Human, people, us, (laughs) worldly ways, when somebody does something bad, they just want to write people off. They want to look down on them, judge them, wish and hope they were in hell. Um, They should just, this should happen to them because of X, Y, and Z. They should never blah, blah, blah. But our sin, why can't we look at that? Because God calls lying a sin. He calls uh stealing a sin. Every um it doesn't there's no like one higher you know, we're all sinners. And that came through with Adam and Eve in the garden. And so when we find Jesus, we find our place back to our rightful standing with the Lord. And it's all geared around love and acceptance and peace and being set free. God has set me free from so many things that I, I sit in my house and I'm not full of just this unrest, this constant, you know what I mean? You just can't sit and be content. There, That wasn't there in my life for a very long, long, almost, well, pretty much my whole life except for a few years ago. I don't, you know, worry as much or the anxiety, the things. I'm still Things in my life, I'm not saying I've arrived, okay? There's things in my life that still, but I can sit and rest. There's not that and if you know what I'm talking about, it's hard to explain. If there's not that uh in there anymore. If there's a, a peace like a calm a calmness. But you find that when you spend time with God, you find that when you know the word, you find that when he does something just it doesn't have to be big, just small. That just means the world to you. And you just, it's just like a tiny little drop of water that overtakes you for, I don't know. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, then you know. <laughs> um, Deuteron- Deuteronomy 31 six tells us, be strong and courageous. Okay. Do not be afraid. Do not be terrified of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. That's his promise. We go through things, but he's there, just like the men in the fire, right? There's a fourth one that showed up. Who was that? Him. They, they came out, didn't smell like smoke, not a cringe, nothing. The other guys got too close. They burned up. It's just amazing. <laughs> Come on, he's good to us, you know? That guy wasn't a believer. That guy didn't know the power of God. That guy wasn't seeking God like those three was not. So Philippians 4, 6-7 through 7 says, God tells us to be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known, made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We just got to reach out and tell Him, when I'm going through something, I pray. I don't care if it's a hard time during teaching my homeschool. I'm praying. If And the kids know, if I'm crying in the car, Mom's praying. They know. <laughs> they just know. <laughs> I'm praying to myself with tears pouring down my face. And they just know because I try to keep... a uh, constant communication with him because i know cuz i've tried to do this life on my own i know i can't do it without him i cannot make the right decisions without him not that you know some people can go weird with that but i want him to lead me and guide me because i know that if i make him in all my decisions i'm going to go the right way i'm not he's not going to steer me down the wrong path He's not, if I ask him for bread, he's not going to give me a rock or a serpent or anything like that that the Bible tells us that even an evil person, there's evil people out there, wouldn't even do that to their own kid. How much more would God, if we ask of him, because he's so good to us, I want him to lead me guide God because I want to be holy and I want to live my life right and I want to please him and I, I know what it's like. Not to live my life right. Even just my thoughts. That's a big one. We got to renew our mind every day, the Bible tells us. Renew our mind every single day. It's a daily thing. We have work to do, but God also is faithful to do work if we co labor together. Okay? There are times I would be. Begging and praying and begging and praying and begging and praying, Lord, just take this from me. My husband knows. (laughs) Take it. And it's so funny because he said the same thing you said that Sunday, and I'm going to tell you what you said. (laughs) Because I came to him and I said, honey, I don't know. I'm sitting here praying and he delivers me and and I go right back and I'm just like, oh, 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 back and forth. And I'm like, oh. And he says, you know, God can deliver you. Absolutely. He can. But sometimes you've got to make that choice yourself and get out of that thinking yourself. And I was like, oh, that's not what I wanted to hear, but okay. And then we come to church, and Pastor Tom talks after praise and worship, so you've got to make some choices on your own. Maybe you've got to stop doing this, you know. And I was like in the back, like, yes, I want to second that, but I don't want to run up there and be like, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Because I just heard it the day before (laughs) from my husband. So, but it's true. We have work to do. And there was a lot of times in my walk with the Lord that I just thought things are just going to drop and poof, everything's going to be great. And life is just, you know, how we wait for money to hit, you know, pop out of the ceiling, hit us on the couch, but we're just... (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't work like that we have a job to do ourselves we're co-laborers together I gotta let God in my life I gotta let him prune and cut and take out and mold me cause he's the potter and right in his hands is where I wanna be I want him to mold me take out whatever he needs to take out and it's not gonna always feel good it does not feel good I do wanna encourage you though If you want your life to change, do not be afraid to get with the Lord and just say, Lord, whatever you got to do, do it. Change me. I let you in. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm giving you full reign to show me What needs that I need to let go of? What is it that needs to change in my life? What thoughts do I have? Where? Because sometimes we're so clouded that we don't even see our own mess. We don't see it. And so it's been a journey. And in that journey, when it doesn't feel very good, I just tell the Lord, sorry, I tell him, I don't know what you're doing, but I trust you. I trust you in it. It doesn't feel good, and I don't understand. I don't know why it's like this. I don't understand why I'm feeling like this. I trust you, though. I trust you in it. I trust you, and I know you're going to get me out of this. I know you, something great's going to come. I already know. So you keep that attitude, and then he'll show you because sometimes he's got to get certain things out of the way okay first that there are the easy ones to get out of and then say hey this one over here and there were times I said okay immediately sure I'll, I'll let that go but then there were times where he'd just constantly this 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 and I had to make a decision am I just gonna he's trying to show me get rid of that I need to let that go and sometimes it took a week, sometimes it took a day, sometimes whatever it was. But I finally let it go because he's pruning. But I had to make that choice. It was something I was holding on to, something I wouldn't let go. That was my, I don't, I don't know how to phrase It's kind of like my high. If I can phrase it like that. It was what made me feel good just to hold on to that one little thing. And so... When I was saying, okay, I can let that go, well, boom, it was gone just like that. But I had to agree, see that it wasn't good in my life. And he is so, he doesn't beat you over the head with a mallet, he doesn't, I can't tell you how many times I went around the same mountain and went through a test and the same mountain again and went through that test. And I was like, when, Lord, when am I going to get out of this test? Why am I still struggling with the same thing? <laughs> you know? But I have to make a decision in that journey of what I'm going to do, the choices I'm going to make, what I'm going to hold on to, what I'm going to let go of. Because I was saved when I was 10. I was set free completely. I That was the first time and only lasted two weeks that I felt like I never felt in my life just everything was completely gone I felt free I didn't want to sin I didn't want to cuss I didn't want to do anything it just there was no desire none whatsoever because I chose To build my house on the rock. Well the world came. The world came and I fell right into it. This thing. I can't explain it. Sin just wanted to overtake me. And I wasn't strong. I wasn't in the word. I went to church but I wasn't reading it myself. I would take my Bible. Flip it open. Which you hear other people say. I highly recommend that you don't do that. Because if you land on a war. (laughs) I've done it. And I'm like whoa yep. We're going to close that right on up there. You can't, it's like playing roulette because you got to read the whole story to find out and you just go, Oop, There's oh, that's my word for the day. That's what God's trying to show me. If you read this whole thing, this is what God's trying to show you. The whole entire thing from the beginning to the end that's not here yet and his heart and his love for humanity. And it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful love story when you see his heart. It it really is, because people really think that he's just a horrible God, and he's not. Um, It could be through false teaching. It could be through things you hear growing up. It could be through all kinds of things, and uh, that's just not the case. So um, this promise, if you guys are still in Psalms, we're going to go to 91. Um, This promise is... For anybody who wants it. every every promise in the Bible is for anybody who ever wants it. You just have to believe it and take it, um, just like your salvation. You have to believe it and take it. Um, everything healing is you got to believe it and take it. Um, the Lord has healed my body. He has healed my son's body. Um, he healed my husband, and you know it's it's for us to have. It's a free gift. It really is a free gift because he loves us. He doesn't want us here to suffer. Um, Psalms 91 says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, who is he talking about? Us, Us, because we love the Lord. Because he or she loves me, the Lord says, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is a promise if we choose it. Again, it's our choice. Are we going to dwell in the shadow of his wings? Are we going to be that close to him? That's a choice we have to make each and every day. And there were days, many, many years of my life, I did not choose that. I did not. I got my satisfaction in the world. I got my satisfaction with my friends. I got satisfaction uh, through drugs, lust, all that stuff. All of it was what filled me, but left me completely empty. Because you always have to go back. It's... it's. Uh, it leaves you wanting more, no matter no matter what. There's no fix to it. It's just temporary. Um, in John chapter 4, 13 through 14, it says, Jesus answered and said to her, "This is the woman at the well. Um, Everyone who drinks of this water, which was in the well will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I give him, shall never thirst. But the water that I give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. He fulfills us. She can go there and get a drink of the water in the well, go home, guess where she's going to be the next day? Back at the well, filling up her her thing and going back home where she's going to be the next day. But that's how we live, you know, when we don't get our spring from him. Because you're always fulfilled. You're never thirsty. But you got to stay in the Word and close to Him. And then none of that other stuff is going to matter. Running or going the wrong way uh, could be like running away in a way. You know? We'd be going the wrong way. Um... And when you go the wrong way, you kind of hide. You hide from the Lord. You can actually hide or think you hide <laughs> from the Lord, <laughs> but you can't. <laughs> I thought that, and you can't. You can't. He confronted me one day. Um, he, goes, what, he goes, What does hiding mean? And I told him, He's like, Why are you hiding? And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. (laughs) It made me think, because you can't. You cannot hide from God. And Psalms 139 tells us that. It says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where do I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. For darkness is a light to you, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. That caught me the other day, and I was like, oh. He saw me in my mom's womb. And he thinks that I'm just so perfect to him. People, how we see others, may not be perfect. Because we judge people sometimes. <laughs> we don't think they're pretty or they're ugly or they're this or they're that. But to the one who created me finds me the most perfect, beautiful creation. And I wish I knew that when I was a kid because all the picking and the making fun of and all the put-downs that I received from other kids affected me for a very long time. I always wondered what, you know, I better do this because they're going to think that or oh my gosh and this and that. and you, You live your life... Based on what they plaster you as. What they perceive you as. And that's not who you are. That's their opinion. Or if you made a mistake, they like to throw that at you 15 times. <laughs> but the Lord doesn't. He does not. He thinks you are the most beautiful creation he has ever created. Whether you came out with a handicap or you came out the most beautiful woman in the world or the most beautiful or handsome, sorry. I think, you know, I always tell my boys they're beautiful because to me, I'm looking at the inside. So beauty's fading. That's what the Bible tells us. It's the heart because we're all going to get old one day and the beauty's going to fade. <laughs> so, um, But... He saw me. He saw you formed in your mother's womb. What everybody else thinks of you shouldn't matter. Please don't put that up here and let that run your life. Make sure what God says about you oversteps that. Okay? Because he knows you better than those people do. So all the days ordained for me and for you were written In your book, before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Sum means total. There's a vast total of his thoughts towards us. And were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. Now, the whole earth is covered in sand. The thoughts he thinks of you outnumbers that so you must be pretty special it doesn't matter what other people think because you're special and God loves you and you gotta forgive forgive those people who hurt you with their words or what they thought of you or whatever came at you forgive them forgive them and it's not you know people are like well they don't deserve forgiveness well if you want to be set free if you want your sins forgiven then you got to forgive that's the hardest thing I'm uh, <laughs> to teach my kids you know look if you want God to forgive your sins you got to forgive and I took them to the scripture and read it and that's a hard thing to do. Forgiveness is a very hard thing to do. But you have to. It takes I'll just go there for a minute. When you have unforgiveness in your heart, in your mind, and your thoughts, that person consumes you completely, your whole day. Every time you see them, you're just like, Oh you know? You you hear their name and you're like, Oh, but the moment you forgive, poof, it's gone. <coughs> it's gone. And you know what? They don't even have to know you forgave them. That's the beauty of it. You don't have to go there and announce you forgave, call them on the phone and say you forgave them. You could just forgive them, bless them in prayer, forgive them, bless them. And that, that uh, releases you. I heard a, there's a saying that unforgiveness is like drinking poison every day, hoping that person dies. But you're drinking the poison yourself. Because it's eating you up. It's it it's tearing you up. It's tearing you down. It's, it's overtaking you where you shouldn't be living like that. Okay? The Bible tells us we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Okay? There's a spiritual battle going on. And the enemy likes to use people just like God likes to use people for the good. The enemy likes to use people for the bad. Okay? Real quick, anybody in here, whoever was told you're not good enough, oh, you're not a good singer, you're not a good dancer, you're not good at basketball, you're not good at this or you're not good at that, and you walked away from that, get right back to it. Get right back to it. Somebody's words, and I tell my kids this all the time, your words can change somebody's life in the wrong direction because of what you say, because of your own opinion. And that we cannot do. We cannot take our own opinion and direct somebody else's life. Amen. Okay? If they have a gift to sing, let them sing. Even if it sounds scratchy and horrible, and they're just off-key, but they love it, let them sing. Because they're not going to perfect that gift if they keep their mouth closed. They are not going to keep going for what they feel in their heart if somebody blocked them and they say, well, I just can't do it. Yes, you can. It's in there for a reason. It's absolutely in there for a reason. That was just a quick little thing. (laughs) I just felt it and I was like, okay. Okay. So, um, don't allow people's words. Allow His words to direct your life. He's not going to direct you um, away from your calling or from a desire He put in your heart. I was teaching my baby dolls in my bedroom. I'd set them up, and I'd be in there with a book, like just like this, and I'd read a sentence say, well, what does that mean? (laughs) And my brother would walk by and laugh, thought it was so funny. Look at her. But that was a desire in my heart was to teach. Did I know that God trusted me so much to teach his body? When it comes at such a high price, the Bible tells us, and Bethany touched on it, the price that a teacher can take. So it's a very serious calling, but also special that he trusts me to do it. You know, that he believes in me to do that. And I, as, as everything that I have ever taught, this is what brings me joy. Joy. This is what I want to talk about all the time. I teach homeschool, and that's great, and I like to do it, but my teach fulfillment comes right in here. I just love it. And so if there's something like that in your life, somebody talked down on you, don't let them steal that from you because the enemy likes to use people to do so. Okay. Okay. Now, um, when, okay, so let me go to Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. Um, This one tells us that we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. So as tonight, as I was pacing my room, praying to the Lord, and he showed me I was relying on myself myself in this um I have to rely on his strength and not my own not my own whatsoever the teaching I brought here tonight I could not there's no way I could not put that together but he knows and I have to trust him and his strength that he gives me um to do anything that he's calling me to do. I don't care if it's getting up one day and I don't feel good and it's making breakfast. I can call on his strength to get me through that day. And he is faithful to do it. He really truly is. And it's not the same as how you get through a day without him. I've experienced both and it's not the same. Um, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. This is the ESV version. Says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. So don't rely on yourself um, because we are, we can be in that sinking sand if we rely on ourselves to do anything. We build our life on what we think is the right way to go. It's that sinking sand. When the storm comes, it's just going to blow. It's just, it overtake us is what it does. Um, and it can tear us down. Romans chapter 8, verses 27 through 28. This is a message translation. It says, he knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition, and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Everything. Everything that I've gone through in my life, God has always turned it out for good. And it's not that the trial, I'm not looking for a trial to turn anything out for good. The decisions that I made, okay, the decisions that I made in my life God turned those around because those are my mistakes and showed me his goodness. Showed me, took me out of those dark places, those dark thoughts, those dark addictions, all of those things um, that I had in my life and pulled me out of it. And there, I don't know how to explain it. When I, this is the best way I can explain it. When I smoke cigarettes, Um, I did it for a very long time, and it was like a love-hate relationship. I liked to smoke cigarettes, but I hated it at the same time, but I didn't know how to get out of it. I couldn't get out of it. I tried to quit over and over and over and over and over again, and I just couldn't do it. But God got a hold of me one day, and he told me to trust in him all day, Trust in me, trust in me, trust in me, trust in me. And so at the end of the day, I said, okay. I said, I'll trust in you. But if you're going to take this from me, I can't have any symptoms. I can't have any withdrawals. I can't have any cravings. You got to make it as if I never smoked in my life. Smoked my last cigarette, put it down, put my cigarette pack, my lighter down, went to bed. Got up the next day, I had no craving. Amen. I had nothing. Amen. Not one bit. So I'm like, hmm, day two's pretty bad. <sighs> Get up, nothing. Same thing. I'm like, well, day three's the worst. That's the absolute worst when you're going you know, to pull your hair out. Day three, nothing. Two weeks go by, and I'm like, Okay, this is pretty cool. And I haven't, haven't since. Why would I want to go back to something that God delivered me from? Okay. So he turned that bad thing in my life around for good. I didn't have a hacker's cough. I didn't have any of those things that you go through when you quit smoking. All of that was. I I woke up and literally as if I never had that addiction at all in my entire life. And it's the most beautiful thing ever. It it, it really, really is. And he can do that for you, too. I'm not the, the one that can only have that. Everything, every healing and deliverance is all yours, too. All of it. So... Proverbs 19, verse 21 says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So we got to build our house on the rock, that firm foundation. We have our own plans, but God's plans prevail over ours. Okay? So um, anybody, I know it's getting late, anybody um have anything that they need to pray to the Lord about the altars here. If there's any unforgiveness. you want to rededicate yourself to the Lord. You want to ask him into your heart as your Lord and Savior. You want to be built build yourself up on that rock, Whatever it is that's in your heart that may be heavy on you that you just need to pour it out. you can come just coming that's between you and the lord and you pray you set free and that's the life he wants for you it's free It's (laughs) free i think that one commercial says free 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 i don't know which one that one is but it's kind of funny when i hear but (laughs) but it is it's a free gift given out of his love for you amen so is this okay Okay, <laughs> all right.